The Sunday Grill with Carney & Co. Property Sales and Letting Wexford. We look after you from Enniscorthy to Rosslare and from Kilmuckridge to Kilmore. CarneyProperty.ie It's a Sunday morning on Beat 102 and 03 and you are listening to The Sunday Grill with me, Orla Rappel. And it's been a big week in particular for my next guest, a guest on The Late Late Show, a new wellness programme and the return of her podcast, The Good Glow. Georgie Crawford is only just coming up for air and she's chatting to me on The Sunday Grill this morning. Hi, Georgie. Hi, Orla. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. And as I said, you've been very busy. How is the Late Late Show? I think I, even though there's no audience at the moment, I think I'd find the Late Late Show quite nerve wracking. Yeah, um, we got the call uh, about a month ago, actually, myself and my husband, Jamie, to go and have a chat with Ryan. And yeah, just like you said, it was all I could think about for a month and uh, wondering, you know, would it go ahead and you know, you're trying to avoid COVID and things like that. But eventually we found our way to Donnybrook. Uh, We went in, we did the interview. We felt like we were in very safe hands. But it's a big relief when it's over. You know, it's such a mad experience and there's so much adrenaline involved that when you come out the other side of it, you're just exhausted. (laughs) And it's quite iconic as well. We've all grown up with the Late Late Show. Did you have to very much think about your outfit? Oh, um, I'm one of these people that I I always leave things like that to the last minute. It's like I don't even want to go there. I don't want to face it. But um, I just wanted to be really comfortable. I'm finding it hard to get out of my tracksuit bottoms these days. Oh, I um, so I went for, you know, soft clothes, comfy clothes, just so I could feel like myself. And uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that part of it as well, I must say. Yeah, and you looked fab and you both look fab, I have to say, Jamie look very dapper as well it was a really personal appearance wasn't it very you know you opened up about everything from fertility to Jamie's diagnosis um, with MS to your own cancer experience I know you're very used to talking about your experience and your cancer journey but as a couple it must be quite tough to even though you know each other's stories was it quite tough to listen to those stories Yeah, I have to say when Jamie started speaking, so my husband Jamie was diagnosed with MS in 2012. Mm. He decided, you know, to keep that very private for eight years. And, you know, he only told family and very, very close friends. So now that it's out in the open and last summer he decided, you know, he wanted people to know that he is MS and everything he'd been through over the last eight years. So when I hear him speak openly about it now, it, it kind of gets me every time. I'm so proud of him, but it's still so raw, even though we're nine years down the road. Um, it's still very emotional. And as you know, like it's an ongoing journey. So every day we wake up, we just feel so grateful to be here and together and healthy and well in this day. But yeah, it's very emotional. I can imagine. Um, some of the things that you said really, really resonated with me. Some of the, that you said that before cancer, you were frantic. What did you mean by frantic? I think it's a word a lot of us could use to describe ourselves even pre-pandemic. I was the type of person that I was always late for things. I was always uh, losing things. I could never find anything. I was the type of person. You are my soul sister, Georgie. (laughs) I was the type of person I'd be at home, you know, after work and I'd get a phone call from the office saying, did you happen to go home with Stephen's car keys? And (laughs) so I was that or I'd go into work with the house phone in my bag. It was just 
my life was like that for years and years and years. And I think, you know, I was running around trying to fit everything in, trying to give everything 100%, trying to do it all. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, you know, when I was 32, first of all, it was such a shock. I'm still in shock some days. But I think then for the first time in my life, I stopped and I started to kind of reflect on how I'd been living and how did I expect, you know, to get anywhere with all of that frantic energy around me. Um, So through my recovery, I I changed a lot of things and brought more Zen into my life. And thankfully, I don't lose my car keys as often these days. (laughs) More Zen is something I think we're all looking for. And we're going to talk about your wellness program in a few minutes. But I think it's something we want, but we find it really hard to even start. How did you start? What do you remember you did to start being more Zen during those really tough months of cancer treatment? That's such a good question. So when I started chemotherapy, um, like I said, you know, I was forced to stop. I was forced to kind of reflect, but I was also given time. So for the first time in my life, I had time to actually think about the way I'd lived my life and um, time to think about what I wanted to change. So I remember I'd sit out in my garden and I wouldn't have any hair and I'd be in a dressing gown like as my baby napped. And I remember thinking, what do I want actually from life? And How do I want to feel? And I knew that I wanted to feel happy and healthy. So I started to make little small changes. And I always say I never overhauled my life or did anything drastic. So I just introduced little healthy habits. So I would hydrate, uh, drink more water one day. And then another day I'd say, okay, I'll eat five portions of fruit and veg today. And then another day I'd say, okay, I'll spend half an hour in nature without my phone. And it was just a collection of things that started to improve how I felt on the inside. And um, I went on that journey for about a year of self-discovery, of getting to know myself. Who was I? Who, who was I actually? Because my whole life, I told myself I was the person who didn't like to exercise. I didn't like to go outside because I didn't like to be cold. But, you know, in my 30s, when I had this time to really think about things, I discovered that I had been telling myself things that weren't true my whole life. Um, so it was a crazy journey, but a wonderful journey. And there was really sad, desperate times during that year of treatment, but so many enlightening moments and so many moments that made me rethink how I was living and put me on a new path. Um, What's the biggest thing you found out about yourself? It doesn't even have to be like big as in monumental, but something that you never thought about yourself. I think... Oh, that's another brilliant question. I think um, I realized that perhaps I was holding myself back a little bit. I think I was I was trying so hard, but actually when I thought about it, I don't know what I was trying to achieve. Mm. Um, and I think when you break it all down into pieces. So I think ultimately I wanted to be a happy, healthy person, but I wasn't doing anything in my life to get on that path. So I think when everything fell apart, I felt like I could rebuild my life in the way I wanted to. And I guess 
I realized I, I think I had compassion for myself and I realized, you know, I was just trying my best for all of those years. But I think what I've learned about myself is that um, I I am resilient and, you know, we can all be knocked down in life, but it's about how you you pick yourself back up and put one foot in front of the other and to know never to give up. And how are things these days? You're three years after your cancer diagnosis. Is that right? Yeah, three years Um well, I have my scans every October, November. So this October, November will be my four years. Four Please years. God, wow. everything, okay. everything will be well. So I feel really well. Honestly, I feel great. I rest a lot. Um, I I honor that side of me when I feel very tired, I will rest. Um, and some days I still think I'm recovering from treatment. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, you don't just get back to normal. Your whole life changes. But I feel in this moment, I feel great. Brilliant. That's great to hear. Are you are you someone who's waiting for that five year all clear or do you think about that? Do you know, um, in the first two or three years, well, we're in year three now, but in the first, I suppose, year or two, I I didn't think about that getting to that five years. I really didn't see it as a huge milestone. I was just trying to get as much time under my belt. But now as I'm coming up to year four, it's definitely on my mind over the mm. last couple of months a bit more than it ever has been. And, you know, we're we're in the middle of, you know, a surrogacy journey. And I'm thinking, well, next year could be a big year for us. You know, yeah. if, if we have a baby and, you know, I get to the five years, it, it's certainly going to be an emotional year. Wow, be amazing. Let's talk about your wellness program, the Good Glow Wellness Program. Why did you create the course? I think when you asked me the question earlier of, you know, um, what have you learned along the way and what do people, you know, if people want to change without a cancer diagnosis and they have this idea of who they want to be, but they don't know, you know, they don't know how to get there. Mm. Um, and I always say, like, for me, it was, you know, about giving myself you know, what, what would change if you, you could give yourself 1% more every day? You know, is that a 16 second meditation? Is that, you know, 10 minutes alone without the kids? Um, and so I wanted to put everything that I've learned about myself and the world. I wanted to put everything that I've learned into one place. And, um, so we built the online course. It's based around my pillars of self-care, all the things that have helped me over the past three years. So they are habits, joy, uh, self-worth, nourishment, and nature. And we got in experts, psychologists, a nature therapy practitioner, and a nutritionist to come in and present talks. And we have, uh, Q and A's and meditations and visualizations. And it's just all in one place now where people can Access if they want to start a, well, a wellness or a self-care journey or they just want to do something for themselves it's there for them on my website thegoodglow.ie great and it's what how long does it usually take for people you could do you know one module a week for five weeks or you could do it all in one day it's really at your own pace whenever you feel ready uh, the content will always be there it's not a live course so you can access it whenever you want Brilliant. And people can check that out on the goodglow.ie. Of course, the Good Glow, the podcast is back today. What constitutes a great guest for the Good Glow? How do you try and sum up what you want from your guest? I think I just want someone to be like their authentic self. And, you know, the podcast has evolved over the past few years and people, you know, everybody has a story and um, there are so many inspiring stories out there and 
I've been lucky to talk to so many amazing people. But I think just even in, if, if for one moment during a podcast episode, if I can trigger or my guests can trigger an aha moment that makes someone just go, actually, do you know what? That's a great tip. Or, you know, that's made me think differently about how I live my life. That's all I ever wanted from the podcast. And hopefully and thankfully, you know, I get I get messages from people who say that, you know, the podcast makes them think differently about their life. And that's all I ever wanted. Fab. And you were again, probably a little bit frantic maybe before the pandemic because you had lots of live Mm. shows and things going on, but you are well versed in slowing down. So how was the pandemic for you? I found it a little bit triggering at the start because it kind of brought me back to 2017 when, Mm. you know, everything was cancelled and I was told I, you know, cancel everything for a year. Um, So it felt a little bit like that at the start. I was a little bit panicky. But uh, I just felt so grateful to be well during that time. And, you know, I think it was hard for us all to adapt to that slower pace of life. Thankfully, you know, as more people are getting vaccinated, we're getting out the other side now. But I think we'll all take something from it. I certainly will. Um, I think I learned how to be more present with my family. And that Mm. is something hopefully that I can take forward. Yeah, I think people have learned so much. I've really learned that. I don't like going out as much as I thought I did. <laughs> it's a great money saver. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm saving for everything at this stage. Well, listen, Georgie, it was so lovely to talk to you this morning. Um, the Good Glow Wellness Programme, all the details are on the Good Glow website and that is thegoodglow.ie. Listen, take care of yourself. Thank you so much, Orla. Have a great summer. The Sunday Grill on Beat 102-103. It's a Sunday morning and of course you are listening to the Sunday Grill here on Beat 102-103. And Link Out Waterford is having its official launch online on Saturday, June the 5th. It's part of Pride of the Dacia. To tell us more about Link Out and what it does, I'm joined on the phone with the Waterford Community Development Worker for Link Out, Alison Martin and Kira Mulcahy, who's behind an initiative called Silver Scribblers and a virtual 5K in mid-June. You're both very welcome. Thanks, Orla. Good morning. I'll start with you, Alison. Uh, Link Out is an interesting community resource. Tell us who it's for and what it does. Yeah, so Link Out Waterford is an outreach project coordinated by Link and it's supported by the LGBTI plus community services fund uh, 2020. So Link, the the parent organisation, is going for more than 20 years and it's the the only community development organisation in the country working exclusively with uh, lesbian and bi women. So Link Out Waterford aims to sort of build on that success and create a safe and welcoming uh, community space for lesbian and bi women in Waterford. So in the last 20 years, this is the first time there has been another um, part of Link in another county. Is that right? Um, yeah, so last year we piloted... Um, or just, just before COVID hit, really, we piloted six months of an outreach project in Kerry. So that's kind of where the idea of Link Out was born. Um, and from there, after the pilot, basically, we saw a need and wanted to extend it beyond Cork and Kerry. Um, so Waterford was, was the next most obvious choice. So we now have a, an outreach worker working both in Waterford and in Kerry. Alison, you might tell us some of the services that are available in Waterford, thanks to Link Out. All of the, the Link services are a lot of because of COVID, all of the main services really moved online. So, um, there's one to one support, and there's four weekly virtual drop-ins. There's a monthly book club, a weekly drama group, and uh, online yoga classes. 
And in terms of dedicated Rochford events, then we had a, a think-in recently where members of the community met online and shared their ideas and hopes really for lesbian and bi women in Rochford. And um, I suppose over the next year or so, and then we had new virtual bunches then, which are very similar to the, the drop-ins that have been so, so successful um, through links, which are casual Zoom drop-ins where lesbian and bi women can, can log on and chat to each other. And is that the important part, Alison, that ability to connect as a, as a community, do you think? I think so, yeah, because I suppose the one of the positives out of um, what's happened in the past year is that a lot of services have gone online so say people who um people out outside of cork be- before and um, the project got up and running in in kerry and in Watford were able to access the services so i myself was was able to go to the drop-ins before um i was able to go to the drop-ins online and that so i think that that sense of connection has been really really important and it's very important for lesbian and bi women to have have their own space so whether that's virtual or in-person meeting it's uh yeah it's 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 very important yeah and especially i suppose in in counties that don't have as big a population as maybe dublin or cork do exactly you know and from uh from the thinking we had and even from like existing groups online like uh queer data and that's like there's a huge demand for for services for lesbian and bi women, so it's it's just a matter of um, you know of of meeting that demand really and and rolling events and and services out. And with that in mind, then is that is it solely for people in the Dacia or in in Washford, or say if you're living in Wexford and maybe wa- working in Washford, could you be part of this as well? Oh yeah, sure, yeah. Like a- anyone who has who has access to Waterford and you know a, a lot of our events are, are still online mm-hmm. so and we'll be looking to to have in-person events in in the near future and uh Kira was at the the most recent in-person event in Cork but um yeah so anyone who wants to get involved with link at Waterford whether that's virtually or um attend any of the meetings like or, or meetups down the line they can they can contact me um on Alison at link.ie or call 0870529811 and Link has a really brilliant newsletter that covers every, all the different events and services that we have and people can register for that with uh, info at link.ie and then I suppose um, as you mentioned like in the short term the, the big event we have coming up is the uh, official launch celebrations on January the 5th and that's that's on Zoom at from twelve to half one. Okay, good stuff. Yeah. And then Kira, you're behind quite an interesting and maybe a little bit of an old school initiative in Silver Scribblers. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um Silver Scribblers is basic basically a letter writing service. And what we found um particularly over COVID is that there was a bit of a digital divide generationally. Um so we looked at setting up something that could um help older members of the community tie in with us. Um, so that's where Silver Scribblers was born, basically. And what it is is that older lesbian and bisexual women um, can connect in with Link, and we will connect them with a pen pal. Um, and the idea is that they, they can form friendships and get to know other women in the community in a very accessible and safe way. 
Okay. Um, so really, it's it's about tackling that isolation that older older lesbian and bisexual women um, could be subject to. And are, are these actual letters or are younger people maybe emailing older people or what's happening? It is, no, it's a handwritten letter. Oh, so our first lot, yeah, so we, we trained up our first lot of volunteers and connected them with, um, with the participants in the last couple of weeks. So we've had the first exchange of letters already happening, um, which is really lovely to see. So if, if anyone does, and the idea that it's older, that's up to you. If you feel like it's, it's a good fit for you or someone that you know, just get in touch with us. Um, and and we'll connect you with somebody. We send out, everything is covered in terms of cost, so we send out writing packs and stamps and things like that. And if anyone wants a, a posted copy of our newsletter, they can they can sign in for that too. Ah. Um, so just to say as well, if you're if anyone is looking to make contact with myself or Alison, link is spelled L-I-N-C. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would be alison at link.ie or kira at link.ie. Great. And then, of course, you have this virtual 5K uh, fundraiser as well in mid-June on June the 18th on the weekend. Um, and you have quite a, a famous athlete or up-and-coming athlete <laughs> taking part as well, we don't do you? We do indeed. Yeah. So um, Aoife Cook, uh, who is just qualified for the Tokyo Olympics, is actually a community member and has been for quite some time. Um, and she came to me a couple of months ago with the idea to to run our own Couch to 5K program. So throughout COVID, we've been running um, sort of an online platform called Pledge for Health, which has tried, the the aim was to keep the community active and moving and maintaining fitness while people were at home. So Aoife has set up um, this virtual Couch to 5K training program. So we've all been doing that and sending in screenshots of our progress and stuff like that and encouraging each other. And it all culminates in our fundraiser um, because a lot of our fundraising efforts this year have sort of been dampened by, by COVID. So what we're going to do is on the weekend of June 18th to the, tw- to the 20th, Aoife has set up um, virtual routes, but you can do it anywhere in the country mm-hmm. um, and basically send in your time. And we have three categories. So we have a walker's category, a finisher's category, and a, um, an athlete's category. And that's right. where the running clubs and stuff are getting involved. Which one are getting are you involved. doing, <laughs> I'm doing the finisher. I just did my, I did my first 5K ever this week, so... I'll, I'll be happy just to finish. <laughs> but um, just to say as well, uh, just to answer something earlier, uh, Link is open to anyone in the country. Okay. Um, and especially because we have such a blended approach at the moment with connecting in with people, you can come to our in-person events physically. A lot of people travel, a lot of women have always travelled to come to our events. Um, but if you are, you know, in Carlo or you're in Wexford or something, connect in with us anyway and we can sort something out um, either virtually or, or in person. And I suppose that's important because it, it, it is that sense of community hard to get if you're a lesbian or a bi woman living in, you know, the depths of Carlo or... I, I have to say, I'm from Dungarvan myself um, and I haven't lived in Dungarvan for quite some time. Mm. But I, it was so much easier moving to Cork where there was an established and set up community. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that we're trying to, we're trying to fix, basically. Um, and it can be quite hard. I mean, you might know one or two other people or, you know, there might be another gay person in your town but it, it can be very hard to have that sense that group sense and that communal sense of lived experience yeah. and, uh, which is very important so, so important to find your tribe you know, even isn't it that's exactly it yeah yeah well you're doing great stuff and lots of fundraising and other stuff going on the Silver Scribblers is such a great idea all the details are on Link's website and as Kira said that is L-I-N-C dot IE and you'll get Kira and Alison's contact details on there and all the information about what Link Out is doing for Waterford and beyond. Alison and Kira, thank you so much for joining me this Thanks morning. Thanks a million, Orla. Thanks, Orla. The 
the Sunday Grill with Carney and Co. Property Sales and Letting Wexford. We look after you from Enniscorthy to Rosslare and from Kilmuckridge to Kilmore. Carneyproperty.ie.